Vet 24-7 is proud to present Said by Dr. Ed. Vet 24-7, visit your local vet whenever, wherever. Hello, I'm Dr. Ed of Vet 24-7. I'm here to introduce you to some of America's greatest veterinarians. We'll ask these veterinarians to provide expertise on topics that matter to you and your pets. We'll explore helpful hints and amazing stories. We hope that you enjoy their insights and stories and that they help ensure that your pets stay healthy and happy. Tonight, we're very fortunate to have with us Dr. Laura Allison, owner of Compassionate Hearts Mobile Veterinary Service in Lake Worth, Florida, Dr. Tiffany Ma, owner of Compassionate Pet Hospice, Castro Valley, California. Good evening, doctors. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to Said by Dr. Ed. Pets are family. When it's time to say goodbye to your elderly or terminally ill companion, there are ways to ensure your pet's final chapter includes as much comfort and dignity as possible. Pet hospice, extrapolated from human hospice, is a specific type of veterinary care focused on the comfort of your pet. Today, we're going to talk about pet hospice alleviating fear and anxiety in your pet's final moments, understanding the difficulty and grief involved in the loss of the pet, and the guidance and support pet hospice offers to bring grace and serenity to you and your family. Dr. Bond, what services are provided to a pet and their guardian during hospice? So what I would do is to review of the medical record and after reviewing the medical record, I'll go to their home to observe the animal, how they carry their daily routine at home. I look for any challenges in the environment, if the floor is slippery or if, if it's difficult for them to get onto their bed or the owner's bed. I will also do a full physical exam. And one of the major part of the hospital case also detailed discussion with the owner about their concern, their expectation, and their questions. We discussed about, we spent a great detail on discuss about the quality of life, what does the pet enjoy, whether he can, he or she can still do it. If not, what, what else we can do to help them still enjoy it. For example, there was one time the owner told me that her dog really loved to sleep in their bed. However, because of the arthritis and he, she has difficulty of getting up onto their bed, I brought them a ramp so that the dog can go onto their bed much easier. So it's part of the things that you have to kind of tailor to the needs of the animal and the client so that at the, you know, during the end of life, the animals still can enjoy things that they would love to enjoy. And, and I concur with everything Dr. Ma said. I actually provide a quality of life handout that covers subjects such as social functions, physical mm-hmm. health, mental health, and natural functions. And then it, it's the pet parent will grade each particular topic under those and come up with a point. It's a point system. And they can grade where their pet is at that point of time to help them know how much quality of life there is or is not and what decisions in the long and short run may have to be made. And 
of course, our part does include a physical exam, which is very important. Seeing if the medications they're on from their regular vet could be augmented and you know, anything, any adjuncts to the medication. I also work closely with their specialist and their referring veterinarian so that everyone is on the same page and there's a continuity of care between all doctors involved. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think the team effort is very important. So it's the hospice veterinarian, the primary care veterinarian, and the owners, the clients, all three compartment has to be has to work closely to provide the end of life care. Right. And I love the point you brought up, Dr. Ma, about, you know, getting into the bed and making mm-hmm. suggestions, whether it be pet stairs, whatever it may be to make it easier. I know that I had had a cat that was suffering from very bad arthritis, especially in the back end with lots of muscle loss. And the lip on the litter box was was standard, but just too high. In the act of trying to lift that leg into the the litter box, the poor cat would wince. So I was able to recommend to the family that you can get the cardboard boxes that Hill sends their pet foods in, has a very, very low lip to it and that you can still fill that up with cat litter and it can still be used, but this way the cat has an easy transition into the box and doesn't have to become shy of using the box and perhaps suffer from inappropriate elimination due to pain. I know that my consults usually take anywhere between an hour to two hours depending on the depth of the case because we look at everything within the household. Right. Actually, my, uh, my consult was like two to three hours. They are very right. <laughs> it takes a long time, especially depends on like how you know again how complicated the case is, and also like how much question, how many questions the owner have. So answering question being there, and I have to say for the hospice consultation or hospice care, they, it doesn't end in just that two to three hours appointment. So after the appointment, I also provide like at least a month of constant communication depends on how long the animal will live and like phone call emails or even text with the owner to check on the animal answer their concerns and um, if needed I will revisit the animal revisit the home to do another physical exam and talk to the owner again yeah go ahead no which is which is very important which which brings up something else is I'm sure in, in your hospice practice that there is we have an emergency plan of action mm-hmm. because sometimes families will wait a little bit too long and find themselves in a crisis. So there's always mm-hmm. a backup plan that I make with the family. You know, if there's something going on at 2 o'clock in the morning, you know, do you know where your local emergency clinic is? And, you know, you have the carrier ready to go. You're not running all over the house trying to find it. Is, is very important, so there's always plan B. And what you said about the constant communication, that is imperative. I know that I do a follow-up summary. One is sent, one copy is sent to the specialist and the referring DVM, and one is sent to the family. And the they can call me every day if they need to, and I keep notes on every conversation because 
we then really take over the hospice part because the referring vet, they're not as intimately related now with this family as we are, where phone mm-hmm. calls can come in even multiple times a day. And this is where we are in constant contact. So there's there's no lack of continuity of care. So I'm so glad you brought that up because that is most important. When a family is in crisis, they need to know that they can reach us. Exactly. I, I agree. That is one of the things that I feel like how we can provide the support to the clients because they really need someone to talk to. They, they, they really need someone to listen to them and answer their question when they have questions right away, basically. So a lot of hand-holding during the hospice care, but I have to say I, I find that it's very rewarding, and I love, you know, walking in those difficult journeys with my clients. Absolutely. And also part of that is tweaking medications mm-hmm. if we need yeah. to. So, of course, if we're adding, let's say, something to a mobility regimen, such as amantadine, you know, is this dosage satisfactory? Is it too much? Is it too little? So we need that constant constant feedback from our families. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, right. Yeah. Different animals, you know, react to that medication differently. Some can be very sensitive. They just, they just need a lower dosage, definitely higher dosage. So I definitely agree that the constant, uh, constant communication and evaluations are very important. And it's just something that the referring DDM just does not have time to do in the clinic. And sometimes mm-hmm. they're not able to respond as quickly because they are they have patients that they're taking care of in the hospital as well as their outpatients. So it's a very good feeling to be working so closely with our veterinary community because they know that their patient is safe in our hands. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to worry that something untoward is happening with that patient because we have full communication with the family and back to the regular veterinarian. Correct. Totally agree. Dr. Laura Allison of Compassionate Hearts Mobile Veterinary Service in Lake Worth, Florida. Dr. Tiffany Ma, Compassionate Pet Hospice of Castro Valley, California. End of life is a difficult time. For your efforts to serve families at this difficult time, we're very grateful. Thank you for the love and respect that you bring to this very tender subject. Doctors, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you very much. It was a great honor. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. <laughs>